once they're gone, they're gone for good. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone. And yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Uh, it is with sadness that we note the passing of President Donald Trump's sister, Mary Ann Trump Berry, who was a distinguished judge, a former assistant U.S. attorney, a great woman. I actually tried to persuade uh, Mary Ann to run for governor of New Jersey in 1989. Uh, I played a small role in her appointment to the federal bench, then Secretary of Labor Ray Donovan during the Reagan administration didn't seem to understand the role that Republican governors play in federal appointments and patronage. He favored the appointment of another candidate, uh, yet I got uh, the sitting New Jersey Attorney General Erwin Kimmelman and the Republican State Party Chairman Phil Kaltenbacher, uh, as, as well as Governor Thomas H. Kane Sr., uh, to appoint, uh, to support the appointment of Marianne Trump Berry to the bench. Uh, she was a great woman. Uh, may she rest in peace. Uh, and thanks uh, to President Ronald Reagan for her fine appointment. Uh, joining me today is an extraordinary individual who I've had hoped to have on the Stone Zone before this, but we could never quite get our schedules to mesh. Uh, Patrick Byrne uh, is the former CEO of Overstock.com, but he's far more than that. Uh, he is an entrepreneur, uh, he's a businessman, but above all, he is a patriot. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, let me say that when my wife was diagnosed with extraordinarily aggressive stage four cancer, uh, it was Patrick Byrne who used his enormous influence uh, and range of contacts to make sure that my wife got the very best 
cutting edge medical care available. Uh, and we will always be uh, indebted to Patrick for that. Uh, since that time, he has spent countless of his own dollars and his own hours uh, in the fight for uh, election integrity, uh, in the fight for free speech, uh, in the fight for the US Constitution. Uh, there was a time uh, early in the Trump presidency where I believed uh, that Patrick Byrne might be a worthy successor uh, to uh, President Donald Trump. I still think that uh, Patrick Byrne's greatest national service lies ahead. Joining us now in the Stone Zone, my good friend, Patrick Byrne. Roger Stone, as Roger Stone, as always, you're too generous with your praise. And as always, it's good to see you, sir. Uh, I am really delighted to, to do this. You are in Europe. I know that it's very late where you are. And therefore, I appreciate your making yourself available. But I had to jump uh, on this news. Politico yesterday reported that uh, Hunter Biden uh, is suing you. Uh, because you asserted on your Twitter, now called X feed, uh, that he solicited uh, a bribe uh, from the Iranians, essentially saying that he could get his father to lift sanctions on Iran uh, in return for a bribe. Uh, they sue you, uh, saying that this you knew this was false, it was malicious, uh, and so on. Uh, I know you. I know you well. I know you're a man who never says anything that he can't back up. Uh, as I said on Twitter, boy, have they picked a fight with the wrong guy. Uh, and I, yeah. I fervently believe that. So uh, before we get into the broader subjects of the struggle to save this country, tell us what this is about. Well, what this is about, I suspect deep down what it is about is that Congress subpoenaed Hunter Biden at the beginning of last week. One of the things that they are, Congress is going to ask Hunter Biden about is some allegations I made in a magazine interview. I've sent you a copy of that magazine. I did a long interview several months ago in a, in a magazine called New Capital Times, and, or, and it, or the Capital Times Magazine. It's a new magazine. There's been three or four issues since then. But I, I told some stories about my relationship with Iran and the Iranian government and uh, some things I became aware of, including that I had turned Hunter Biden in in December of 2021. Uh, he was soliciting a bribe from Iran. And I know the deep. And I think what's going on is he doesn't want to be asked about this by Congress. So by filing a lawsuit against me, when they pull him in front of Congress and they subpoenaed him last Monday, he filed this on Thursday, but three days later, but they subpoenaed him on Monday. And now when he goes in front of Congress and they ask him, are Patrick Burns allegations in this correct? He's going to say, well, on the advice of counsel, because I'm now currently involved in litigation with Mr. Byrne, I declined to answer your question. And that's how he's going to get about avoiding the answers. But the truth is, yeah, I, I don't need to spend two minutes on this. I, I won't lose two minutes of sleep on his lawsuit against me. It's I have him dead to rights. It's uh, I, I will be calling federal agents who will testify. They already confirmed to me that the information I provided was correct. The information I provided to be specific, and it's in that magazine I've sent you. You got to open it on a, where you can read a PDF. But you, would you like to know the specifics of the information I sent? Uh, I uh, think that, it'd, be, it'd be useful. I, I am going to get to read the whole thing tonight, uh, but um, I know you well enough to know that you, uh, that you would never make an assertion you couldn't back up. So, uh, yeah. and truth, as you know, is an absolute defense. So yeah, t tell us quickly the details and then we'll move on. 
quickly, the details as of August 2021, so just over two years ago, Hunter Biden was reaching out through an intermediary to the Iranian government and making the following offer. You Iranians have, I understood it to be $8 billion frozen in a South Korean bank. My father will release it. My father, Joe Biden, will release it in return for 10%, 800 million being kicked back to us in a numbered account. And quote, and if you do this, it will quote, lubricate the other negotiations which have recently started between us, close quote. That was part of the message from Hunter to the Iranians. I happen to be, and, uh, and so the, and that's how the, the Iranians understood him to be saying, if you will do this deal on the 8 billion with us, we will, with the Bidens and cut us in, then we will then, as we negotiate the nuclear deal, which had recently just restarted over here in Switzerland, where I'm now, the negotiations had just restarted in Geneva. And he was, the Iranians understood him to be saying, if you will do this deal and, and give us a tenth of the eight billion, we will then do a deal with you on the nukes where we're, he's basically suggesting, you know, you pay us. 100 million, you keep 10 nukes. You pay us 300 million, you keep 20 nukes. Or I don't know what the pricing was, but what he was saying is if my, was in short, to summarize it in short, if uh, Hunter was sending to the Iranians the following message, if you will sign off, my father will sign off and release your $8 billion, Iranians, if you will give us a kickback of 800 million. And if you will do this, it will mean we're open to the same kind of back channel stuff when it comes to our nuclear negotiations. And I want you to know I brought home, I'm not going to explain here the proof of this. It was received by the United States government, as I've unfortunately loath, as we're probably both loath to admit at this point, there was a period in my life where the U.S. government and I had a, had a relationship that is described in that article. I'm not a spy. I've never been a spy. I don't work for the CIA. But I described in that article, I've sent you the real nature of my relationship to the government. And I've been allowed to do these things or asked to do these things all my life. And I brought this back and they confirmed to me a week later that this had been analyzed across the NSA, the this, the FBI, the this, that, the other thing. And it had all been confirmed. The person carrying the message, his voice had been identified. He had been tied as Hunter Biden's good friend. I think they're golfing buddies. May have been mentioned to me or they were buddies from Georgetown. I didn't quite, they told me the connection between the messenger and Biden. It may have been they were buddies at Georgetown or they golfed together now or something like that. But anyway, the whole thing had all been confirmed within three or four days. So the U.S. government has been aware since December 2021 that the Bidens were seeking uh, bribes. Now, the only thing uh, uh, regarding that $8 billion of Iranian money frozen in South Korea, and if you and they would release it in return for a tenth of it being kicked back to them. And if they would do this, it would lubricate the nuclear negotiations that had started between the U.S. and Iran. I've got no, I'll meet Hunter Biden in any court in the land. I'll have no problem. Not only proving that I did not think that was false when I said it, nor did I do it maliciously. I, there was no malice. I thought it was true. It was indeed true. And I'll be calling some federal agents who will confirm that it all checked out. So good luck to you, Hunter. Yeah, somehow um, I just have a belief that this matter will probably never actually get to trial. Uh, but um, I do know Patrick uh, Byrne is a warrior who will more than defend himself should it become necessary. Patrick, I recall 
your relationship with the FBI kind of started when you worked with them on Wall Street to help root out uh, corruption there, insider trading, uh, and so on. Isn't that correct? Yes. Well, actually, the magazine goes into it. The truth is I had a lifelong relationship. And so you really got to read that magazine but because I, it's too complicated. But it, it, reached, it, it reached a bit of a crescendo in the, uh, in the stuff regarding Wall Street. In 05 to 08 or 05 to 09, I was very much cooperating with. Now, and this is hard because you are sworn to secrecy. And I have signed things that say it's 15 years I've ever talked about this. But this is a very strange time in America. And I've already come out with a lot of secrets. I'm protecting more secrets than I'm sharing but I'm releasing some secrets. And one of them is I had this relationship. I, ha I helped the FBI go after Wall Street in the couple years leading up to 08 and then in the year after it. And uh, so, so anyway, this is not, I know this. So anyway, I, unfortunately, you're never supposed to talk about this stuff, but unfortunately in the last four years, as things have happened, like the Russian collusion delusion and other matters, that I know a lot about because I was part of it. For example, I was part of investigating Hillary Clinton. I know everything that happened. I'm inside the Russian investigation. I was inside the Clinton investigation. I know exactly what happened. And so I finally had put it in this magazine article and spilled a whole bunch of secrets that <laughs> are quite problematic. But I, you know, I've well, we can go after each other in court, the DOJ and me, and I don't care. There's no way I'm going to keep this secret from the U.S. Hunter Biden. So I, the kinds of secrets that are in that magazine article and among those secrets is that Hunter Biden and just about a month ago, Iran and, and the U.S. reached a deal. The only thing I got wrong was it turns out it was six billion in an account in South Korea, not eight billion. But I had all the other details right. And I have I have like. Really pretty clear. Anyway, the U.S. government knows me very well and knows that I'm not lying, and they've already confirmed all of this. They already confirmed all of it, and to be honest, I'll even go further. The, eight, the people who were dealing with me, who confirmed this all to me, I, that was one of three major things I brought them from, say, December of 2021 to June of 2022. I brought them... No, for... Uh, yeah, that's correct. And I brought them that plus three things that were so major that eventually they were called in. And this was a group of very senior people across the FBI and other government agencies, other three-letter agencies. And they were called into Comey's office, not Comey, what am I saying, uh, Christopher Ray's office. And Merrick Garland and Christopher Ray shut this whole thing down. And one guy got fired. One senior FBI guy fired and one senior FBI guy, I think, has gone into hiding with his family or something. And a bunch of them, walk, because of the enormity of the four things I had brought them, they, people walked into Congress as whistleblowers. And I understand the first two were followed by six and then 20 and then 100. All these federal whistleblowers, the first quite a few of them were coming out of this group that worked with me. And I had brought them such radioactive information. That, th that when they were shut down by Christopher Ray, they said, screw this, and they walked over to see Chuck Grassley, which was exactly the right thing to do. And now I understand there's hundreds of federal agents who've gone to see, Con they, Congress has told me they don't have enough people to debrief all the federal agents who are coming and telling them what's really going on in the three-letter agencies. Well, that's amazing. Patrick, you I were one of the first, one of the first people, go ahead. But, well, I can tell you other, what those other like pieces of information were, that that were so radioactive 
that caused this that caused this 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 was an interagency panel across a dozen agencies. It was a very powerful thing. It had been in existence for years for four or five years, it started dealing with me and was protecting me. And I started, it was sending me, they were sending me to obtain certain information, which I brought back. It was so radioactive that they actually, I understand they pulled the plug on this whole very successful interagency group. It was the hot ticket. And across a dozen agencies, all the patriots wanted to get on this one interagency group. And they've disbanded the group and scattered it. Agents who were part of this and knew the secrets that I had to say were reassigned, scattered and reassigned across the USA. That's why a bunch of these people went into Congress. So it's really serious stuff. I'll give you some more of it concerns your friend, Donald J. Trump. You want to hear one of the concerns, Donald J. Trump? Uh, absolutely. We, we love Donald J. Trump. So let's hear what you have to say. You know how um, Perkins Coie, was it Perkins Coie? Yeah, well, they were prosecuted unsuccessfully by Durham for having, they had a couple computer scientists down in Georgia who were getting on a, on a Russian bank's computer called Alpha Bank, and they were getting material and hacking into Trump's computer and planting it on Trump's computer as a way to try to tie him to Russia. This was in late 2016. Do you remember that case that they were trying to prosecute last year? Not only that, but the college was getting a federal grant to pay for it. It was quite extraordinary. Well, here's here's even more exciting news. And this will really I understand this turns out to be the most radioactive of a lot of things I brought. The uh, they were not only doing that. They were going out and getting kitty porn. And they were getting kitty porn off a Ukrainian server to plant on Donald Trump's email server. And out all the forensic evidence that they had done so, that they had done this work. Oddly enough, my some of this is coming from a, uh, well, there's a group of, I, I'm familiar with the world of hacking and the dark web and the deep web. And there are people in that world who know that they can talk to me and they sometimes get me stuff. And they got me this stuff, hardcore proof that it had been done. I heard from John Durham, since all that's done, I'm going to, no, I'm not keeping the, all my life I've kept secrets and I intend to keep secrets, but they're just some, this is like our country's existence. So I'm going to tell you, I heard from John Durham through an intermediary that over half of the evidence I have has come from Uburn. I had so much. But anyway, I turned that in and I would before I went to pick it up, I was told, look, I'm I've been approached by some people who have some very explosive information. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if it's snuff films. I don't know if it's nuclear weapons. I don't know what it is. Whatever's on that hard drive, I need to be inoculated for. And there's a very formal federal process where they let you know, they sign paperwork, and okay, you can now, no matter what's on that hard drive. And I picked it up, and I go and I had to recover. I don't want to go into all that details. And I brought it back. Well, I recovered it, and it had kitty porn. I had never seen kitty porn. And I'm not going to tell you a thing about what I saw other than to say it's different. different than I had expected. I saw two pictures at a thousand, I mean, there were thousands. I saw two, so I understood what it was. And I think any federal agent who works in that field of kitty porn deserves a gold medal for every day. They don't just go out and shoot the targets of their investigation. It's the most unbelievable. I don't even want to talk about it. It's, it's the most traumatic thing I've ever seen in my life. I cannot, and it's quite different than I expected. They were trying to plant that on Donald Trump's email server. Perkins Coie was, and we have the complete forensics on that. 
So that's that's just the second thing. Hunter Biden was seeking a bribe from Iran and was saying, if you would do this, will it will lubricate our nuclear discussions. And secondly, Perkins Coie was getting had their people getting kitty porn to plant on Donald Trump's server. And this was all I've got. We got the computer forensics that show the latter. We have other evidence that confirms the, the former. So uh, that's pretty. I understand that that was so in particular, the kiddie porn stuff was so explosive that I understand that's actually what sort of burned a hole in the FBI and caused them to like disband this team and send people home and fire people. And that's when people went to Congress. Okay, Patrick, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Stay right there. We'll be right back with Patrick Byrne. I wanted to get in here and uh, interrupt this great show by my great friend, Roger Stone. And uh, what we have is we have the best special ever exclusive to Lindell TV. And that is we have the, the everybody knows the towel sets, right? That's a six piece towel sets. If you go down to the radio podcast, we've got, um, we've got our, right there they are. He's $29.98. We're closing them out. We're closing out the towels. We have our new Shapir long stable, our new design on the right there. Those are that we're, those are on sale too. But what the exclusive for for uh, our listeners and anyone watching Roger's show here, uh, you get there they are. We're closing these towels out. Once they're gone, they're gone. They're only I believe there's three colors left. Six piece towel sets. This is what I wanted to do to help out all our great hosts here and. Uh, Roger's one of the best. So use the promo code STONE and you get it for $29.98 for a six pack set. Otherwise you call this number 800-858-0402. Use that promo code STONE. Uh, my operators are standing by, you're helping my pillow. You're helping yourself with these great products and you and keep watching Roger's great show here on Lindell TV. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35, Foles, $29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupting this 
this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets. And because of this, I've been able to add more colors, sizes, and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my king size, only $39 a set, queens $35, full $29, and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. Very special thanks to our friend Mike Lindell. Uh, MyPillow.com fuels this show. So please uh, take his lead and go to MyPillow.com. And when you do, use promo code STONE. Promo code STONE. Uh, whether it is the revolutionary MyPillow 2.0 or the uh, dog beds or the pet blankets or any of the great products uh, at MyPillow.com, it's a twofer, folks. You help Mike Lindell, the country's leading free speech and election integrity advocate. Uh, you also help us right here at the Stone Zone. Please uh, go to uh, MyPillow.com and when you do, use promo code STONE. Do all your Christmas shopping there. Uh, just if you're just tuning in, this is the Stone Zone. I am Roger Stone, and we're talking to Patrick Byrne, uh, who is uh, not only a cultured gentleman, uh, a true patriot, uh, a libertarian like myself, uh, but a man who's been incredibly honest about uh, the Russian collusion hoax, uh, the events of January 6th, uh, the last election. Uh, and uh, broke into the news on Friday when Hunter Biden sued him uh, for what he has just told us are his accurate claims. Uh, he claims they are accurate. I believe him uh, that uh, Hunter Biden sought to uh, sought a bribe to get his father to lift uh, Iranian uh, sanctions uh, against uh, uh, that country. Patrick Burns now rejoins us in the Stone Zone. Good to be on. Patrick, you were one of the first people in the country who knew that the uh, that the claims of Russian collusion were a complete hoax. Uh, how did you figure that out? Uh, and uh, it's amazing how many in the mainstream media sought to avoid talking to you because, well, I think you had the goods. Oh, there's a cone of silence on me more than any anyone else. You know, just... Before I answer your question, I'll tell you a quick story. Lynn Cheney, Lynn Cheney, Liz Cheney, when she opened the J6 hearings, I tweeted this video recently. I'll send it to you. The hearing she opens and she says, and on the day of December 18th, the Oval Office was penetrated by General Michael Flynn, Sidney Powell, and someone else. It's like they are afraid to say my name. There are other examples in Congress where Democrats are afraid to say my name in Congress. They don't want me centered. They don't want anyone listening to me. I knew the Russian collusion thing was a hoax because I met Maria Butina, the redhead, Russian intellectual. Uh, now, according to the FBI and Peter Strzok, that all started uh, Jack Flash, jumping Jack Flash, what was the, uh, the operation called? Whatever it was called uh, in the FBI, started in July of 2016. Crossfire hurricane. Crossfire, that's it. Uh, Crossfire hurricane. God started in July of 2016. That's a flat lie. I met Maria Butina in July of 2015. I reported Maria Butina in, in the day I met her. The feds were all over her. 
by the next day. The feds were all over her by the next day. She approached me and she asked me to come to Russia to give a speech and then go and in the central bank and then go to, to meet some very powerful people within Russia. And she had this message for me and she wanted to escort me to Russia. I, unbeknownst to her, I have a security clearance. I had a security clearance. I don't worry about it anymore. Kind of out. I would say I've outgrown it, but it became kind of obsolete. Anyway, I had a security clearance at the time, and I said I I had to, of course, report that an attractive Russian woman had approached me with this pitch. Well, that was just so you know that do you, do you remember in your friend Donald J. Trump as a candidate gave a speech in Las Vegas in July of 2015 at Freedom Fest, and at the at, at the last day he gave the keynote. Uh, do you remember that? And Maria Butina stood up and asked him a question. I do. I remember that. I met her three days earlier, had her reported. The feds were all over her. When she asked Donald Trump that question, the feds were all over here the entire time she was here. I'll give you a story that's in that magazine. They had me. So she was living with some Republican guy. And I let them know, look, I'm not going to engage any further until you guys give me a green light. They gave me green light, and so then I met with Maria again, and we immediately started having an affair. Just, you know, I'm single, never been married. She's young and single. He was living with some Republican guy in Washington, so who cares? Now, one, sli my Adam, one slice off a cut loaf is never missed, as they say, you know, Roger? So we started having this affair where, like, once a month or every two months, she would pick some city, and I'd send her a ticket. We'd fly there, we'd meet there, and we'd have a little three- or four-day tryst. But it let me keep tabs on her and let them know what she was doing. And they were allegedly doing this in preparation to decide whether I was saying that she's actually quite an impressive person and she should be talking to somebody. And they allegedly were considering that. But in the meantime, they had me doing things like, for example, Chris Christie. You'll love this story. Chris Christie reached out to me. He said he's, um, he was a candidate. He said, I'm going to be in New Hampshire. And I'd like uh, to meet you, Patrick Byrne. And people associate me with New Hampshire, which is where I'm originally from. So the my federal the federal authorities told me, bring Maria Butina with you to your Chris Christie meeting. When she reports it in Moscow, it'll make your stock go up in Moscow. So I went. I picked her up in New York. I went to New Hampshire. I went and spent an hour with Chris Christie. And for the last five or ten minutes, I brought in Maria Butina for their instructions. They used that to get a FISA warrant on Chris Christie. There was another. There was another time they were. I could have told you in November of 2015 what they were doing was they were setting up a hoax scandal on the Republican Party. That they were. She was trying to build contacts into the Hillary Cruz Rubio or Trump campaign. Turns out she did meet somebody in Hillary, and the feds gave Hillary a prophylactic briefings to keep her away. But then they kept on, she kept on swimming around trying to meet Rubio Cruz and Trump people. And they said, let it play. And I was saying, are you sure? And they were saying, to the point that even at one point, some big wigs, may have been you for all I know, somebody was setting up a meeting between her and Don Jr. in a hotel. There was a Christian conference of some kind in the South. There was a big hotel. She was going to stay across town and Don was going to be taken out the back of it. So some big wigs and Republicans were setting it up. They were going to take Don to go meet her. I reported this saying, what do you want me to do? I'll, I'll whisk her off to the Bahamas for the weekend. I'll get her. And they said, no, 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 let this happen. Well, they would never let that happen. It just so happens that it, it did not occur. But 
only they ended up having a small dinner with a dozen people or something, but they never had the private meeting. But I had figured out by November or December of 2015, 2015, not 16, that what they were doing was they were setting up. I called it can't in my head. I called it can o Russia scandal. I knew that they were building a scandal and they were letting her swim around and they were they were building this Russian scandal on the Republican Party. And someday they were going to take that off the shelf. They were going to shake it up, crack it open and spray scandal all over the Republican Party. I could have told you in December of 2015, that's what they were doing. They only admit that they met her in the middle of 2016. They are flatlining. They were all over her from the summer on. In fact, I've recently learned information that suggests they were actually on her even before that. So the whole, so I knew the whole Russia thing was being cooked up. I knew in December of 2015, they were cooking up some kind of fake scandal on the Republican party dealing with Russia. I didn't know what, but I knew something like that was going on. And that's when they had me, that's when they came to me and said, we need you to set this Maria Butina stuff aside. We got something more urgent for you to work on. You have to bribe Hillary Clinton for us. I'll tell you that story if you want, but I don't. I, I know I'm skipping around a lot. What do you no, What do you want to talk about? Exactly where I was headed. Uh, so you have written, and I've read, uh, and I've heard you talk about this. You were directly involved in an effort to bribe Hillary Clinton in an effort to compromise her. What that indicates to me is that we have a a nonpartisan deep state, uh, a uni, a uniparty government, or actually a no party government. In this case, interested in having some blackmail material on any person who may become president. Uh, tell us the backstory on this. Yeah, the backstory on that is they told me, Patrick, there are two groups. So this conversation was, say, Thanksgiving 2015. They said two groups in the FBI are investigating Hillary Patrick, the email group, and that's a whitewash, but there's a group of agents in New York going after the Clinton financials, and they're serious. They want to get them. Comey has been blocking any aggressive investigative techniques, meaning setting them up on the grounds that there was not enough predicate information. And what all this means, they explained to me the legal theory, but people go look at it. There was not, <clears throat> however, something had happened that made it, the agents in New York were able to force Comey to sign off and approve setting up a sting. And Pat, Mr. Byrne, that's, uh, they're asking for your help. They, there's another country that is believed to want to bribe Hillary Clinton and we want you to befriend that country's government, find the bag man, and arrange a meeting for him and Hillary Clinton sometime in the next two months. And I said, arrange a meeting. And the, the senior Fed said, this simple, Patrick, somewhere in the world, there's going to be a room. And the bag man from Azerbaijan, it was Azerbaijan, is going to go into that room. And Hillary Clinton's going to go into that room. They're going to be in that room alone for 10 minutes. And then they leave. You make that happen any way you want. You got two months. And I will leave your for your tender young ears, Roger. I'm not going to explain how one goes or befriends a government like Azerbaijan and convinces them that you are the kind of man who can and will do things like that. I'll leave that to your imagination. But I can promise you on January 14th, 2016, in a hotel in Washington, D.C., Hillary was on the eighth floor. Her assistant was on the fifth floor. This was all worked out with Hillary. The bag man, she had a limousine at 9 a.m. The bag man was brought in at 8.30 and brought up to the assistant's room. At 8.47, Hillary goes, eighth floor goes like she's going to the elevator to go to the ground floor, but she gets off at the fifth floor. 
and goes into her assistant's room. Her assistant stood outside the door. Hillary and the Azerbaijani bag man met for 10 minutes in that hotel room in D.C. And then Hillary goes out, goes to the lobby, gets in her limo. She's gone by 902. It does not show up in her schedule, but it happened on the morning of January 14th, 2016. What's most important about that, though, is what happens next. You want to, you, you follow me? You want me to, or you want me to go forward? Any questions? No, continue. This is, this is incredible. You are an international man of mystery. Uh, I've read about your comments on this, but my viewers have not. So please continue. Well, if you read that magazine I sent you, you're going to have material to keep you busy for a month. What's, if what happened after that is the key to understanding what's happened in the last eight years, Roger. After that, I met a few days later, and I was told I had to forget the entire thing ever happened. And I was like, why? And they said, look, it's been reanalyzed again. Nothing, nothing's going to stop Hillary. She's going to be president, and nothing can stop it. So first thing she's going to do once she's in office is send her goons over to the FBI and ask who was part of investigating Hillary. And they're, and they're gonna destroy us. And that's that's us, there were two of them in the room, that's us and our chain of command. And this includes you too, Patrick. So this whole mission has been scrubbed from the very highest levels. You got me? And I said, Absolutely. yes, sir. Gotcha. But what really Amazing. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, folks, you, you, can just go to, you can go to deepcapture.com to read this entire magazine article, it is, Truly formidable. I've read and heard you speak to uh, many, many uh, parts of this. But I think you just made a key point, which is the government was interested in compromising anyone who might be president. And then, of course, it appears they changed their mind since Hillary's election was a, a certainty. Uh, Patrick, well, me, here's what. Go wait, ahead. Wait, let me give you the punchline to that story. And the punchline is so I tried to tell this to your friend DJT that famous night we met. But some lawyers intervened, and he was tired, and I, I couldn't get it across to him. Two weeks later, I met with them again, and they were there along with a personal representative, the personal representative between Comey and Brennan. There was, at the time, a guy representing both, and he was in the rooms. So there were three of them, and I was told, Byrne, you've got to forget this. We mean it. And I said, "What do you? I, this isn't sitting well with me, guys. We have her. We have her dead to rights. You can have her indicted next week. We got everything you need. And they said, eventually, after some hemming and hawing, this is what I was given to understand. And Roger, if you'll listen to the next 40 seconds, you will understand the last eight years in a whole new way. Or maybe you will just say, oh, that's just what I thought. What they told me was Patrick at this. So this is the first week of February 2016. They said, Patrick, at this point, President Obama has his people across the federal bureaucracy, but especially the Department of Justice. The information about those, Hillary is going to be president for eight years, and nothing is going to change that. But think of it this way. While she's president, think of there as being a Bunsen burner in the heart of the DOJ. You remember your high school chemistry, what a Bunsen burner is? Sure. You know, the, the burner that you cook with in chemistry? They said, pa Patrick, there's going to be a Bunsen burner, and the information about the bribes you know about is going to sit on that Bunsen burner. The hand on the Bunsen burner is going to be one of Barack Obama's people. If Hillary's a good girl and defends Obamacare, that flame stays low. If she's a bad girl and thinks for herself, that flame gets turned up. That way, Barack Obama's going to manage Hillary Clinton for the eight years she's president. Then she steps down and Michelle's going to run. And Patrick, that's the plan. I later was to learn that this plan was called, looking for a prop, Operation Snow Globe. You know, like a Christmas kid's snow globe? 
snow globe. Brennan and Comey and apparently Obama wanted Hillary in a snow globe for eight years that they could own and rattle her world. My bribe was the bait to lure her to step into her snow globe. And this has all been, let me tell you, William Barr sent people in June of 2020. So first I walked into the DOJ in April of 2019 and laid this all out. And they were shocked. And by June of 2020, well, first 10 days after I laid it all out is when they announced the Durham Commission. By June of 2020, they were sending people to me. They had found it all. They had found the proof of the bribe. They had located the numbered account in Azerbaijan with $18 million in it that went in just the week I said they would find it. There was one more. Do you know about the rape and murder of, of uh, Maria Butina? I do not. Oh, this is a little risque, but this is the this is the the grand crescendo of it all. I uh, I had been unbeknownst to everybody. This, this story is very convoluted. I'm trying to simplify. Unbeknownst to everybody, I'd been actually told to infiltrate the deep state by the Senate Judiciary Committee in 2006. There's a letter that was written for me. It's in the files of the D of the Senate Judiciary Committee. They have not done this since World War II, but they told me, and the, the great the details are all in that magazine article. But they told me in World War II there was concern of German in, in, infiltrators or sympathizers in government, and an American with a lot of government contacts had been asked to become a German sympathizer and try to flush them out. And and it had not been done since then, but they were show, they showed me a letter that says I cannot be prosecuted in the United States of America, and they told me to infiltrate the United States government and find and disrupt the deep state. The whole dialogue, word for word, is in that magazine article. So, and they literally, so there's the, and so they literally gave me this big speech. Grassley and Leahy were there, uh, Arlen Specter, um, uh, Kit Bond, Orrin Hatch, a whole bunch of Democrats and Republicans were there. Uh, and they said, our country, Patrick, the Senate Judiciary Committee is the ultimate bulwark protecting the Constitution because we investigate corruption and we get to look into corruption anywhere we want and no one gets to tell us to stop. So we're the ultimate guardian of the Constitution. We think you're right in what you're saying. There's some kind of deep, corrupt force taking over the United States government. It's our job to stop it, but we can't stop it. And this and they gave me all these. They laid out this whole ugly image until I said, I know, folks, this is what I've been saying. How do you even stop something like this? And they said, Chairman Specter said, we're going to stop it because we have you and you're going to stop it. And then and they basically said this, what I that the country needed me to do this with my life. I'm single, rich, don't have any family. Why the hell not? And I agreed to do it. So now skip forward 10 years to the scene I just painted. I was in a room with three federal agents senior guy who had just had me bribe Hillary Clinton successfully or facilitate it. And then after it happened, it turns out it was also Barack Obama. So they say, or at least Brennan and Comey could blackmail Hillary. And it seemed like the plan was we we're going to have 24 years of Obama. Obama was just finishing, then eight years of Hillary under Obama's thumb, and then Michelle. 20, would you not agree, if I've described that letter and that conversation with the Senate Judiciary correctly, that that counts as the systemic corruption taken over the United States, just as they had told me to look for it. You would agree with that, I assume. I would agree with that entirely. I, of course, a, a lifelong friend of Senator Arlen Specter, who was a man of enormous integrity. Uh, Wasn't so he? He was a wonderful man. 
He was a great man. Some attack him as a rhino. They don't understand it. He was the district attorney of Philadelphia. Arlen Specter was essentially a cop. Uh, he was 100% honest. Okay, we're going to, I think we're ready here for a commercial break. Is that correct? All right, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back with the international man of mystery, uh, truth teller and patriot, Patrick Byrne. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about my Patriot cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. There you go, folks. Please go to MyPatriotCigars.com. Now we have a special. It's now 25% off. These are premium long-leaf Nicaraguan cigars. So whether you're a a, uh, a habitual cigar smoker or an occasional cigar smoker. These are extraordinary premium cigars 
there are four different flavors, four different uh, uh, blends, uh, something for every taste and palate. Please go to My Patriot Cigars now. And when you do, use promo code STONE. All right, we are returning with Patrick Byrne. Uh, Patrick Byrne is, uh, you can see that, um, is, uh, is, a, uh, is a selfless patriot. Uh, the former CEO of Overstock, a man who spent enormous time uh, and his own money uh, fighting for uh, an honest election. Patrick, PBS said you were the kingpin of the election integrity movement. To me, that seems like a high compliment, uh, not that's a high not praise. A that's high praise. I love it. Yeah, that's, uh, they'll regret saying that someday. Uh, so, and you've, I know you have uh, made a, an extraordinary documentary on this. Uh, you have spent a lot of time and money across the country. Uh, tell people what actually happened in America on November 3rd of 2020. Oh, okay. It's really simple. There's a lot of smoke blown. Uh, there does not have to be widespread election fraud on ele in America to steal an election. Here's why. On election day, we don't have one election. There are 3,000-ish counties in America, and we have 3,000 separate elections. Each county runs its own election, then they get totaled. What that means, and then because of the electoral college system, there's some swing states, 13 swing states. Of those swing states, six of them have a city that is essentially two-thirds of the state. So Las Vegas, Nevada, two-thirds of the votes in Nevada are there in Las Vegas. Arizona, two-thirds of the votes of Arizona are in, are in Maricopa or Phoenix, and so on and so forth. So what that means is to steal the election, you don't have to cheat in 3,000 counties. You cheat it like crazy in six, and you flip, you cheat like crazy in those six counties and those six cities, and it flips those states, which flips the Electoral College, which flips the White House. So to back that up, to steal the White House, you don't really need to cheat 3,000 places. You need to cheat in six. And what happened on November 3rd on election night? For the first time in U.S. history, a bunch of places shut down the counting of ballots. And what places were they? They were the six cities that I just mentioned that have that special electoral property. It happened to be the six ones that in, in one of them, a water main broke. Uh -huh. And so they had to shut down. You know, there was a different reason in each of the six places, but in all six places, they suspended counting. That's because that's where they stole the election in those six places. Now, the machinery comes into it as well. <clears throat> and you're going to hear what people are going to learn eventually is that what Sidney Powell had to say in her filings, and I don't know how your feelings are about Sidney. Sidney doesn't, we rode together, but we went our separate ways. I don't think she's too fond of me. But that's not, but at the end of the day, Sidney Powell filed some things. They were rushed and she didn't do her homework and she didn't do all her research and they weren't well written. But her fundamental story was true. America's going to find out that the fundamentals of her story were true. This industry <coughs> has a, of election equipment. Its roots on the software side are in Venezuela in a company called Smartmatic. And I can walk through that whole history for you. But ultimately, when you're voting in America, you're voting on software junk that was written in Venezuela. And the Smartmatic machines are assembled in Taiwan where they put labels on them like Dominion or something. But they're assembled in Taiwan and they are assembled out of components that come from mainland China. The motherboard, which is like the frontal lobe of a computer, is the motherboard comes out of a CCP plant in China. So you're voting on 
hardware that was made in communist China and software that actually has its origins in Venezuela when you vote America. And our intelligence community missed this. Uh, quite quite extraordinary. Patrick, what are the what are the chances uh, of America having a free, fair, honest, uh, and transparent election in 2024? Uh, 0% if it's on the machines. These machines, I am now totally confident, none of these machines are trustworthy. None of them can be voted on. We have to do what we've been teaching the rest of the world to do for decades. We have these principles. We teach them in Burma how to run an election. And there's a really simple way to do it on pencil and paper. And in every precinct, there's real basic rules that, you know, first you have voter ID. Elections are one day. Ballots are counted at the precinct level. You never, once you start moving ballots around, that's where all the mischief comes in. So the America teaches this to the world, but we violate it ourselves. They, what we teach is a system where there's a clear plastic bag and a stand up in each precinct, and a person goes up and drops in their ballot. And if somebody doubts, somebody from, anyone from the town can sit there and see how many people went out and voted today, drop it into this clear bag. At the end of the day, they, at 7 p.m., they close it. They count that they count them, and it's all done transparently. They count them, and if 147 people came in and voted, there should only be 147 ballots in that bag. And there's a whole system we teach it, how you count up all the votes. It gets it gets written down. Both parties, both parties sign it. It gets taped up and put in the bag, gets sent to county. But you have in three hours, the whole nation is done and there's not a piece that can be challenged. It is transparent. It can all be and it can be done in three hours. It's when you introduce these computers. These computers don't save any time. They are a tremendous expense. And they make the thing last two or three weeks. And most importantly, they make it a black box. So you can't tell what happened inside. So nothing can be. And in addition, the computers that we're running on, it, it's all based. It's legacy products that come from a company called Smartmatic, which is absolute junk. It's it's some Venezuelan guys. You want me to tell you the history real quick or in like 60, 90 seconds? Or do we not have time? No, go I ahead. We have it's about how much time we have. So go ahead. Smart Hugo Chavez. Got to power. He sent some. There were three young Venezuelan software engineers who had a little company of their own called Biz Software, I think. Sent them to Florida. <clears throat> they opened up a company. They in Del they filed in Delaware, a company called Smartmatic, but it was three Venezuelan engineers with Venezuelan money. They 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 came up with a system to rig Hugo Chavez's 2004 referendum. He put in a bunch more money. Uh, Smartmatic went on and developed, and then through a series of corporate mergers and acquisitions and licenses and divestures and bankruptcies and this thing and the other thing, that software ended up as the core operating system of ESNS, Heart, and Dominion. Now, Dominion claims in 08, or I'm sorry, in 2018, they rewrote some of this code. It doesn't matter, and I happen to know for a fact it's all, it's all I've really deep inside this technically now, it's all Smartmatic. It's it's all Smartmatic and Dominion code working together. They're they're lying if they say they've taken out the Smartmatic. That code was all comes from Hugo Chavez, and ultimately Smartmatic doesn't even own it. It's owned by a bunch of Venezuelan businessmen. So the you know and the other side when they fight this they say well Smartmatic's not Venezuelan. Look, it's a Delaware company. Yeah, it's a Delaware company formed by three Venezuelan immigrants to Florida using Hugo Chavez's money. Yeah, it's not a Delaware company in that strict sense, but is a 
you know, so that you see, you know how they dance around the truth. So this is all going to come out. I've got no fear. Sidney Powell's going to turn out to have been correct about the whole thing. She went off a little half cock, didn't do her research, didn't have it fully done. I have it fully done. And the worst stories you heard out of Sidney Powell back in the fall of 2020 are going to turn out to be the truth. All right. We have to leave it there. Patrick Byrne, uh, my friend, uh, outstanding patriot and truth teller. Thank you and God bless you for joining us on the Stone Zone. It's my honor, Roger. Thank you. Good to see you so well. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, we're done for the day. This is Roger Stone, and I am uh, proud to bring you the Stone Zone every day, five days a week at five o'clock Eastern time uh, at rumble.com slash Roger Stone. Until tomorrow, God bless you and Godspeed.